0: to church man go
1: ahead and let us know how excited you are in the comment section for church this morning hey i am tony mercer and i am the campus pastor of Wallback. and we are welcoming we are also welcoming the plymouth campus into so hey welcome everyone and i hope you had an incredible week and and i believe you're going to have an incredible week moving forward well hey today is part two of living courageously and and I'm excited to bring the word to you today. But but before we begin, let, let's take a moment, and let's pray. God, I just pray. God, for the people that are either watching this or listening to this, God, I pray, God, that you would um you, you would open their hearts, God, that they would receive your word. You would open their ears, and God, they may hear your word. And that, God, that we would be transformed, God, by your word. Holy Spirit, teach us. Guide us and direct us today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Hey, I I want you guys to help me out with something this morning. So you're going to have to uh, comment and use some comments and and comment stuff in the comment section. And So the first question is this. Do you normally like to go out to eat after church? Do you normally like to go out to eat after church? Yes or no? All you got to do is comment. Yes or no? The second question is, where do you typically like to go out to eat? Now, that doesn't have to be on a Sunday. It could be just anywhere in general. Where do you normally like to go out to eat? Now go ahead and, and put that place in the comment section uh below. And the third question is, what do you like to eat? Like when you go to your favorite restaurant, what do you typically order off of the menu? Now, for a bonus question. After this quarantine is over, how many of you are gonna take me and Sherry out to eat? Everybody go ahead and put those comments in. I'm right now tracking those names and I will be giving you a call when this quarantine thing is over. Hey, we all know the routine of when we go out to eat, right? If you go somewhere, then there's always that, hey, where do you want to go? And I saw this meme on Facebook the other day and it says, um, hey, when I ask you to go out to eat, I do not want to hear "I don't know." You have had 45 days to figure this out. You have had 45 days to figure this out. And so, when I ask my wife, "Hey, where do you want to go out to eat?" she better not say, "I don't know." You pick, because listen, we've all had 45 days, or probably even even more, to figure this out. Well, hey, we have all heard the stories of Daniel, right? We've heard the stories of the lion's den and, and the fiery furnace and the handwriting on the wall. And those are all incredible faith-filled stories. But I wanna to go to the very beginning and I wanna talk about Daniel and and how he was tested at the table. So if you're taking notes and you wanna you want a um, a title for this message, it is the testing of at the table, the the testing at the table. And and Daniel one two it says in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord je- delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia and put into the treasure house of his God. And so they went in and, and, and they took possessions. But they not only took possessions, but but they also took people captive. And, and they were in Babylon captivity for 70 years. So they were captive for 70 years years and and daniel goes on to say this daniel 1 3 through 5 says then the king ordered aspinac chief of his court officials to bring in to the king's service some of the israelites from the royal family and the nobility young men without any physical defect handsome showing aptitude for every kind of learning well informed quick to understand and qualified to serve in the king's palace he was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. The king assigned them a daily amount of food, wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. And so when I think about this, I kind of get a chuckle because this is, this is most women's dream man, right? Like, this is, like Daniel 4 is the dream of every woman, of, of, of every woman walking around the earth today, they pray. When they pray, they say, "God, give me a Daniel one four man. Give me a Daniel one four man." And so, one of those people that were taken captive uh, was Daniel, and most people think he was a teenager, probably about fifteen years old, and Daniel was taken away from everything that. He knew. And, and today we hear a lot about the new normal. Well, Daniel's about to face a total new normal life. And um, Daniel had to go through many texts to enter into the king's service. And he packed them all with flying colors. But there was one text, there was one text that was set before him at the table that he said, I can't do that one. I, I can do all these other things, but that I can't. Do and and so if you're taking milk, we're going to learn three texts at the table that David or sorry, excuse me, Daniel faced. And the first one is this: number one, write this down if you're taking milk. If you're not taking milk, still write this down. Number one is the text of character. Daniel 1:8 says, "But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine." Daniel says, "I." I I am going to do anything that you ask, but I'm not going to eat off of that menu. He says, I have resolved not to defile myself. And to resolve means to make your mind up beforehand. See, Daniel didn't make his mind up at the table. He made his mind up before the table. He made his mind up a long time ago. I am not going to defile myself. I'll let you change my name. I'll I'll learn the the Babylonian uh, ways. I'll speak your language, but I will not eat off of that menu. If we do not resolve now not to cross certain lines, we will find ourselves letting the world draw those lines for us later. If we don't resolve right now, I'm not going to cross that line. I'm not going to do that. If we don't decide to do that before, when we get up to that line, we will cross that line. Daniel is one of the the few people in the Bible who did not have a scandal. He had no skeletons in his closet. As a matter of fact, Daniel 6, 4 says this, At this, the administrators and satraps tried to find grounds for charging Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Living a life of character is to determine right now what is right, no matter the cost later. To, to be a person of character says, I know what's right now. I, I know what is right now, and I'm not going to determine that later. Character form when we choose to do right when given the opportunity. To do wrong. So before I got into the ministry, uh, I drove a truck uh, for a plumbing industrial supply place, and back in Evansville. And I, I remember it was a Friday, and it was kind of late in in the evening. And the order came out, and it needed to get to the house, and it was for a bath shower combination. And, and so they gave it to me, and and I pulled my truck up. It was in a different building on the same property, but a different building. And I pulled my truck up to the dock, and, and I found it, and, and and this was a custom order, uh, so we didn't have another one like it in the warehouse. It it was, it was custom made for this house, and so I, I grabbed the tub and I put it and I strapped it in, and and I and I took my dolly and I laid it down, and and I must have laid it down a little too hard because it when it when it hit the back of the truck, it came back up, and it put a hole right in the middle of that tub shower, and and. And I'm just sitting there and I'm staring at this thing in disbelief like, did that just really happen? Like, you have to be kidding me. They need this tub right now. They need it because they need to move on into the house. And so I walked into the cell and they called it the cell pit. And I walked into the cell pit and I found the the cell rep for that customer. And I said, Hey, we have a problem with that tub. And he said, what man, what, what, it just came in. It, and, and I said, I know, I said, but it has a hole in it. And he looked at me and he said, Well, how did it get that? How did, it, how did a hole get in it? And I had at that moment to make a decision. I could have said, I don't know. Because here's the thing that building was going to, that tub was going in a different building. And nobody was around me. I was the only person over there. So I could have said, I don't know. And it would have been fine. They just would have blamed the company that brought it, you know, and the manufacturer and, and wrote it off. And, 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 you know, it would have been okay. But I looked at him and I said, I did it. And, and, and you know, he was upset, of course. And, and he said, okay, well, well, we'll figure it out. And they were able to get another tub and shower to that customer and they had it shipped direct. But, but here's what I know about character. The character test may look different for all of us, right? You might not be uh, sitting at a table and, and, and being asked to eat food that, you, uh, that isn't uh, clean to you, but you will at one time sit at a table and the world will offer you things to eat. And, and so it, 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 might li- it, might, it might look like what you report or don't report on your taxes. It might look like what you delete from your internet history. It may be you telling a half a truth. It may be stealing from your workplace. It may be uh, looking like padding your numbers to get a better bonus. I don't know what the character text looks like for you, but here's what I know about the character text. Character is revealed when pressure is applied. Let me say it again. Character is always revealed when pressure is applied. People are impressed by talent but God is impressed with character. I mean, look around, there are talented people that when they hit success, they fall. They, they, they crumble under that net success because they can't handle it. God isn't impressed with your talent. God is impressed with your character. And character is who we are when no one is looking. A character is who you are when no one's around. You don't have to impress anybody. Nobody's keeping you accountable. And and that is where character is being built in your life. I'll write this second one down if you're taking notes. The text of conviction. Daniel 18 and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. To stand for godly conviction is to say God's way is better than the world's way. Conviction often involves doing what is not popular or what. or not doing what is popular instead of Daniel just conforming to the world he voiced his conviction Daniel understood that he will never influence the world by being like the world let me say it again Daniel understood that he'll never influence the world by looking like the world as a matter of fact Romans 12, says Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we, we see Daniel doing this, standing up for his convictions multiple times throughout the book of Daniel. But one stands out to me the most in, in, in Daniel chapter 6. And this is the chapter of the lion's den, and here it is. Daniel six ten 10, says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. You see, there were some haters that were trying to find all the things against Daniel, and they just couldn't. And so they, they, they had the king... Uh, make it to a law that for, for a certain amount of time that nobody could pray to another God except to him. And Daniel heard this, and instead of Daniel uh, being fearful or, or, or hiding, what did he do? He, he went up, and, and in the Bible says he did what he has always done before. He prayed. He, he, he didn't just pray once. He didn't just pray twice. He prayed three times with the windows open. You see, it's easy to live for Jesus in private. It's hard to live for Jesus in public. Nobody's going to shame you in private, but there is this possibility of being shamed for living for Jesus publicly. Godly convictions do not stop because everyone says they should. Your convictions, your godly convictions don't stop because everybody else is bowing. We have to be a thermostat in a room full of thermometers. A thermostat sets the temp. A therm- therm- thermometer reflects the temp. We have to be thermostats, not thermometers. We have to be, as Christians, as Jesus Father, we have to set the temperature in this world if we're going to change the temperature of this world. Let the. I was thinking about this point and, and, and I was wondering, okay, God, like what's the difference between character and conviction? What's the difference between character and conviction? And I really felt like the, the Holy Spirit dropped inside of me and this thought hit me. And, and here's what it was. Character is lived when nobody is watching. So character is lived when no one is watching. Conviction is lived when everyone is watching. Think about that. Like character is private, right? Character is being built privately. Conviction is built publicly. Like you never know, you really never know if you're going to stand for your convictions until you're sitting at a table of testing. until the whole world is watching you and saying, okay, what's he going to do? What's she going to do? And that is when conviction rises to the top. Conviction asks how I can honor God here, compromise, ask, how can I honor others here? Daniel was more concerned with the judgment of God than the judgment of people. And we have to be that way today. We have to be more concerned with the judgment of God than the judgment of people. So if you're taking notes, write this last one down. The, 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 the third text was this, the text of Faith. Daniel 1, 11-13, says. Daniel then said to the guard from the chief official, had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your service for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink, then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your service in accordance with With what you see. Daniel was like, I believe my God's way is better. So go ahead and test our faith. Go ahead and test us in this. And then when we're done after the 10 days, then you can do whatever you want to do with us. But give us these 10 days. Give us these 10 days so we can prove God so that we can show you that God's way is better. Faith is always personal and never hand it down. And what I mean by that is, You can't, you can't inherit faith. Like God has no grandchildren. God has no grandchildren. And the fact God has no great grandchildren. You cannot hand your faith down in the, in, in the, in the ideal of, uh, it's now my faith. No, it has to be personal. Like you have to have a personal relationship with God. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Faith has to be owned and not rented. What, what I mean by that is, you know, there's a difference between owning something and renting something, right? Like, if you own a house, you're going to take more, you're going to take better care of it. You're going to make sure the landscaping's nice. You're going to make sure, you know, all of these things. But if you're renting one, yeah, you might cut the grass when it gets up to here, you know, so you don't get a ticket. But you don't really care that much. Like, it's not yours. It, it doesn't belong to you. And the, the same thing about faith, and, and I've noticed this, this about people who own their faith. People that own their faith are willing to die for their faith. People that rent their faith are willing to give it away. Faith is grounded in something greater. Faith is always grounded in something greater. Faith is obedient. The faith says, look, I know this is hard, but I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to walk this thing out because I believe that God is going to work all things out for my good, this is the kind of faith that Daniel possessed. As a matter of fact, in Daniel 1, 15 through 16, it says, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Daniel and his three friends would sit at the table of texting multiple times through this book. But you know what? They always were people of character. They were always people of conviction and they were always people of faith. Those three things guided Daniel. Those three things guided his friends. Those three things need to be the guiding uh, post for our lives as well. So let me close by asking you a question. Will you pass the text at the table? When the world brings something to your table, will you pack that text? Will you pack the text of character? Will you pack the text of conviction? Will you pack the text of faith? Here's what I know, before there's a blessing, there's always a texting. Wouldn't you agree? Like you can't read the Bible and not see that there's always a texting before there's a blessing. Now, if you read on about Daniel, God used him incredible, incredibly through the rest of the book of Daniel, through the rest of his life. But before there's a blessing, there is always a texting. If you're gonna be used by God, you're going to be texted by God first. When you're sitting at the table of texting, what will you do? We're all gonna face the table of texting. We're all gonna sit there at the table of texting. So what are you gonna do? Let's take a moment and pray. As we pray, just right where you are, just ask God to help you pass this test when it comes. Just say something like this yes, God, I, I need to walk in character. I, I need to walk in conviction. I, I need to walk in faith. If one of these are or all three of these are something that you struggle with, that, that you're struggling with. Go ahead and tell God, God, I need, I need more help in my character, I need more help in in, in in my faith. I need more help in my conviction. still praying. Maybe you're maybe you're watching or listening. You need to begin or recommit your life to Jesus. You can do that right now by praying to where you're at. Just say this out loud or say it in your heart or however you feel comfortable. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus, for all the things that I've done or said. Forgive me of all my sin. Jesus, save me. Lord, I've looked to other things to save me. Now I'm looking to you to save me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, give me the strength to pack the table text. Give me the strength to rise up in in character. Give me the strength to rise up in conviction. Give me the strength to rise up in faith. Lord, I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for your forgiveness in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen,
0: amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.